1: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: America's the greatest country in the world. I am not. Armstrong or Getty. My name's Mike Slater, host of show out in San Diego, and uh, I am as disappointed as you are right now that Armstrong and Getty are not here. I'm a friend of Armstrong Getty and I am no Armstrong Getty. It's an honor to be here filling in. I mean, they asked him. I was like, "Oh, I that means that means you like me. Oh, you like me. It's a real nice compliment." But then I think, wait a second. They would never ask anyone too good to fill in. That's the worst thing that could happen, right? If you take a vacation, if you take a vacation off work, and then uh, like no one knows you're gone, like that's a, that's not good for your job. Plus, if you take a vacation off work and then someone fills in and they're better. <laughs> Right, So if you're, if you're A&G and you go, you take a day off, and then they just get flooded with emails, man, we want more Slater. <laughs> that guest host was way better than you two. That's not what you want. So it's actually, it's not a compliment that they asked me to fill. It's an insult. I am insulted to be here. My, my name is Mike Slater, and I'm wildly offended that they would think so little of me to have me be here. Alas, we are here together, so let's change the world right now uh let's talk about COVID. shockingly and i actually am shocked the whole last hour we we talked about things that are not shocking (laughs) like redefining words uh like recession and man and what like what those are not shocking things anymore this one is la county all last two weeks has been preparing everyone for a new indoor mask mandate all of la county new indoor mask mandate uh and the health department was was asking for volunteers to go and educate about, compl- educate businesses about compliance and all this stuff. Right? And, and Beverly Hills made the news because they said we're not gonna enforce it. And this, this was entirely up to businesses. If, if the businesses were gonna say enough already, then it wouldn't happen and sure enough they did. And the health department caved. And I bet these health department volunteers went to every business and they the business owners told them to pound sand, get out of here. We're not doing this again. So I'm shocked they decided not to do it. And it's great news for really everyone on the West Coast. This is how it tends to work. It's tended to work. Uh, L.A. County leads the way with all this COVID nonsense, right? So they do something dumb. And then the state follows. So Sacramento, state government follows. And then it's opposed on the whole state. And then because California did something, you know, Oregon do, now do, And it's, it's, it's a whole domino effect and it starts with stupid Los Angeles. So uh, amazing that they did not. And let's uh, celebrate that for now. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. Monkeypox will now come and get you. We'll talk about that one a little later. Uh, but I bring up this Beverly Hills, though, because... There was a city council member in Beverly Hills. So Beverly Hills put out this press release saying we're not going to enforce it, whatever. And the city council member came back. Uh, He's he's the former mayor, now city council. He said, the wording and tone of this release sends the wrong message. Mm, The tone. It sounds intentionally defiant and does not acknowledge the benefits of masking. Nor does it talk about voluntary compliance as an act of kindness to reduce the spread of COVID. While with my support, we won't enforce a potential mandate as a city of kindness. We should call upon our residents to be considerate of others within our community and beyond. Yes, we should support the power of choice and we should all choose kindness. Are you sensing a theme? Do you see a word here? We should all choose kindness wherever and however possible. Hashtag kindness matters. You got to be kind. Come on, people, put the mask on, be kind. And someone asked him, they said, hey, John, why weren't you wearing a mask during the last city council meeting when you were sitting next to at least two elderly people? And his response was, well, there was no mandate, so it's just another hack, right? But I really want to focus on this word, kind, And not just with masks. I mean, with masks, that's all they have left to fall back on now, right? There's no, like, science. No, like, we're over that. So all they have is, like, to shame you, to be kind. Just be kind to others. Put this face diaper over your face at all times because it's the kind thing to do. And that leads to the question, how much tyranny could be imposed on you in the name of Kindness that's a serious question I mean that a, like and like there's a, there's a lot of tyranny that could be imposed on you, you know, forcefully you know on other me like because of other reasons but in the name of kindness how much tyranny could people accept what could the government convince you to do in the name of kindness and what could the government convince the American people a majority of the American people to do in the name of kindness so they ask you to do something and you say no i'm not gonna do that uh and the government says oh oh, but kindness matters <laughs> Oh, okay Then, truly what can the government convince people to do in the name of kindness in the last hour i, I think i proved i think most would agree uh that the government with the help of the entire system Media, pop culture, Hollywood, academia with the system. They could convince a majority of people that the sky is actually green. They'll tell you the sky is green, you'll be like, what are you talking about green? And then they would get everything the media would fall in line, scientists would be like, well, it actually is green and, and all like everything like you you may see blue, but that's uh, you're the one. Your eyes are screwed up, it's actually green. Right, they convince most people that the sky is actually green. And in a similar vein here, what can the government convince people to do in the name of kindness? And I would argue everything. And not only everything, probably more than any other motivating thing. That, like, that's the most that's the one of the best arguments, certainly in today's culture, today's culture, that a tyrannical government could make is you must do this in the name of kindness. It's the, the biggest stick that a tyrannical government could use against you. Today we don't have time to go into it all, but we uh, the the uh, the religion of the day is it's called moral therapeutic deism. It's this whole thing, but the point of it is, uh, or one of the main tenets is the highest virtue is to be nice. That's it. That's the most important thing is to be at least thought of as nice. How do you get into heaven? Who goes to heaven? Truly, in today's pseudo pagan religion, who goes to heaven? You just got to be nice, not brave. Like what are the, what are the great virtues of today? It's not to be brave. Not to be strong, courageous, none of that. There's no idea of being wise or moral or virtuous. <laughs> like, like Those things are never talked about. It's all about being nice. So I would argue that the government can convince people to do anything in the name of kindness. I, I would argue that in, in with the right conditions, the government could convince people to murder someone in the name of kindness. The government could convince people to sacrifice their child in the name of kindness. You have to do this, it's the kind thing to do. There's a, a, a minor version of this with uh, public schools. Like you should, it's a different story, but like, you should definitely not send your kids to public school. But uh, more and more people are not doing that. And one of the arguments that these pro public school people have is it's not nice to send your kids to a private school because now you're only leaving you're you're leaving the public schools with fewer resources for others so you're 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 being mean by leaving your local public school like they're using that shame tactic on you it's not the kind thing to do you have to be kind to others kindness matters press the button pull the trigger do it be kind hand over your guns be kind your kids your kids need to clap like seals when the teacher's doing a drag performance in front of the school. It's the kind thing to do. You don't want to make this drag queen feel bad. We live in a culture where feelings are valued way more than truth, way more than truth. And you're told to be tolerant when really you're being told to be a coward. But people do it. People choose cowardice in the name of kindness. It is it is a really bad place to be where kindness is the highest virtue as opposed to actual Moral virtues, right? Uh, Anthony uh, Ep, uh, Esselin, he wrote a great book. It's called No Apologies. Um, he said he was, he's was he been present at two faculty meetings. He's a college professor. He's, he's been present at two faculty meetings where women wept in order to get what they wanted. They wept. They asked for something. The administration said no, and they wept, openly wept, sobbed at the meeting, and then everyone said, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Whatever. Just stop crying. And these women were not acting irrationally. They weren't. They were acting rationally because they knew that they were leveraging the most important thing. They weren't using logic or any like that, they they, but th- those things don't, aren't a value. They were leveraging the most important thing. Do what I say or I will feel bad. And if I feel bad, that means you are not being nice. If I feel bad, that means you're unkind, and that's the worst thing that you can do. That's how lost we are. Do what we say, be kind. Ooh. Take a break here, we'll come back. And I got to play these clips from the top doctor at the USC Medical School about COVID. And then. His bosses got to him, and I don't know what they said. Maybe they said, hey, that wasn't very nice of you, and they came back a week later and did a hostage video correcting the official record. Ridiculous. We'll play it for you next. I'm Mike Slater in San Diego filling in for the great Armstrong Getty. Spread the word.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
4: at lifelock.com/news that's lifelock.com/news to save up to 25% identity theft protection starts here
3: the Armstrong and Getty show
0: not in today. Mike Slater in San Diego filling it for Armstrong and Getty. It's been going okay, right? A, listen, I'm no ANG. I'm no ANG. Who could be? That's why they're ANG. Who could be ANG? But they're not here today. They're off sipping Mai Tai somewhere. I don't know what they're doing. But thanks for not turning away immediately. I, like, I know, I'm a huge talk radio fan, I'm a huge A&G fan, uh, a friend of Armstrong. Uh, you give about three seconds of opportunity to the fill-in. That's, a, that's about all the fill-in gets. Three seconds. And you've bored me already, Slater. And t- no, 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 give me just one more segment to try to win you over. Uh, I, I don't, Maybe uh, I'm a hero for saying what I'm about to say. I'm glad the president didn't die from COVID. <sighs> wow, Slater, big of you. You're a big man. It's not good to have the president die while in office. So I'm glad that didn't happen. Surely there will be lasting consequences to his COVID. He's 79 and on heart medication. So certainly there's going to be some consequences uh, to this. And that when he steps aside after the midterm, that will be the excuse probably. But we're in a weird moment in COVID land. Uh, And don't forget this reality. COVID is simultaneously, we are told simultaneously, so bad that Novak Djokovic, One of the fittest athletes in the world. Three hours? I mean, what's what's a five-step match? Three, Three hours of playing tennis, hitting the ball as hard as he can. Incredible fitness. Highly tuned and trained athletes. 35 years old. COVID is so dangerous that Novak Djokovic is not allowed to compete at the U.S. Open because he's not vaccinated. COVID is so bad, so dangerous, so deadly that for his safety and the safety of others around him, He is not allowed to compete until he gets vaccinated, and he refuses to do so. He's standing up on the principle that it's his body, and you cannot forcibly inject something into me. So COVID is that bad, that serious, and such a nothing sandwich that a 79-year-old frail man who's on blood pressure and heart medication can just work right through it. (laughs) He's just going to work. Hey, no problem. He's working right through COVID. It's fine. No big deal. You know, pictures of him working, suit on, talking talk on the phone, right? What are the chances that there's actually someone else on the other side of the phone? But whatever, he's working right there, no problem. 79-year-old man on heart medication, no problem. But Novak Djokovic, no, 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 you're not allowed to play. It's weird, right? All right, check out this video. These are the top guys at LAC, uh, Los Angeles County USC Medical Center. They have a weekly press, like virtual press conference that they do, and they were talking about COVID. This is the top guy. This is the chief medical officer at USC Medical School talking about COVID. It's boring for like five seconds, but then it picks up.
3: Hey, we're seeing a lot of people with mild disease in urgent care or ED who go home and do not get admitted. And of those who are admitted, they are ninety percent of the time not admitted due to COVID. Only ten percent of our COVID positive admissions are admitted due to COVID, virtually none of them go to the ICU. And when they do go to the ICU, it is not for pneumonia. They are not intubated. They are not these horrible 100% FIO We haven't seen one of those since, since February. It's been months. What we see is electrolyte abnormalities or somebody who had autoimmune attack of the nerves. And could that have been related to COVID? That's the kind of stuff that we're seeing. It is just not the same pandemic as it was Despite all the media hype to the contrary.
5: Yeah, public health is scared. And
3: a lot of people have bad colds, is what we're seeing.
0: Doctor I'm gonna really is <laughs> so the chief medical officer. He's like, ah, and I wish you could see the video. He he's behind this podium and he's putting his his shoulders are shrugged and his arms are up in the air, like shoulder width, palms up. He's like ah, it's a bad cold. Like I don't, like what do you want me to say? It's just a bad cold. <laughs> Meanwhile, L.A. County, for the last two weeks, they've been planning for a mass mandate. They caved, though. They caved enough. People stood up and said, it's a bad cold. But here's why I bring this up. These guys were doing this weekly press conference, right? They came back the next week after saying COVID is no big deal and there's no one in the hospital for it. And, and, and like, I don't know what you're... They came back a week later, a week later, and they did a hostage video. A hostage... I got the audio here, but it's bad quality because their microphones weren't working. Uh, but it's the same doctors. And the guy's like, um, so last week went viral... And uh, I just need to say that we're 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 still in the grips of a pandemic. And what we said last week was um, it was picked up by all the wrong people, and they really mischaracterized what we said. COVID's really bad. <laughs> like, oh, get out of here. They were they were like all casual before, like to, like yeah, you know, like oh, it's it's fine. It What's big deal? Yeah, I don't know. Whether. And now, oh, it's uh, we're in the grips of a pandemic. <laughs> Oh, amazing. So this is uh, LA, right? USC hospital, uh, chief medical. Doctor, uh, let's see. He said, um, in 20, at the peak of 2020, there were 285 COVID patients, 120 in the ICU. Today there's 30 COVID patients, but none of them are there because of COVID. They just happen to have COVID, right? They like, like an appendix taken out or something and they get tested and they have COVID. And none of them are, no one's in the ICU for COVID. <laughs> Next doctor comes up and he says, there's no reason for mask mandates due to hospital, like number of people in the hospital. Like that's ridiculous. what was the whole point of flatten the curve, right? We got to make sure we keep the number of hospitalizations down. Well, there's no one in the hospital because of COVID. No one, by the way, I've learned my lesson to never believe a graph ever again. That has no numbers on it. (laughs) Do you remember? Do you remember the original COVID graphs, right? We got to flatten the curve. What a masterclass in deception. All the graphs, there were no numbers, they're just made up images to scare you. I've never fallen for that again. But here are the top doctors saying that there's no, there's no people hospitalized for COVID. But there's still people out there, like, oh, the curve isn't flat enough. <laughs> oh, geez, how flat do you want us to go? All right, got to talk about this new bridge in uh, LA, and it's uh, a metaphor
1: for COVID. Mike Slater films for Angie.
4: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. There are choices that can change your life.
5: Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45.
4: It's one of the most common cancers for women and men, and it doesn't always have symptoms.
5: But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it.
4: And there's even better news. You have screening options.
5: Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options, or visit cdc.gov screenforlife for more information.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mike Slater in San Diego filling in for Armstrong and Getty. I've been told to stop being so self-deprecating. So, yeah, I'm better than Armstrong and Getty. (laughs) It's about time they let me take over. Jeez, i got to listen every morning to these guys. Blabber on and on. Just driving down the street and be like, I'm better than these clowns. So I finally gave it to me now. Uh, Too much, too much, maybe a little too far. I'll rein it back in next segment. Uh, L.A. County going, was going to implement a mask mandate and all the businesses told them to pound sand. Finally, they stood up for themselves after three years. Uh, I got a little metaphor for you. Ready for a metaphor? The sixth street viaduct. It's a uh, it's a big uh, like a road bridge. It's a viaduct. I don't know. It's big. it goes right across the city, right? and it opened last week, and it's already been trashed. <laughs> it's been open literally a week, and it's destroyed by the fine people of Los Angeles. It's literally been shut down every single day that it's been opened, and it's a disaster. They take an aerial shot of it. It looks like it's been there for fifty years. It's been there for seven days. And the LA Times, they frame it as fun. It's fun. Isn't it great? Uh, The the LA Times, the official opening party for the 6th Street Viaduct ended more than a week ago, but the bridge is now getting another inauguration, one from the citizens of Los Angeles. Skateboarders, cruisers, taggers, street racers, scooter ditchers, bicyclists, Tourists and plain old commuters are taking it from here, right? So they're like, oh, it's great. The people are spray painting the print. Oh, yeah, no, Los Angeles for you. The half-a-billion-dollar bridge six $600 million, is out of the lab and ready for the ecosystem to make its imprint, most visibly in the form of Curly-Q skid marks from drivers doing donuts and burnouts on its deck. Over the weekend, daredevil skaters hurtled down its tall arches, risking potentially lethal falls. Spectators climbed up the same heights to watch a street takeover, billow tire, and brake smoke into the air. On Sunday, LAPD shut down the bridge again, as they noted in a tweet. But the rumpus continued, as Monday brought another takeover and brief shutdown, and then it goes on and on every day. Literally every day, they shut down the bridge, because people are taking it over and destroying it. Uh, Here is Kevin Leon. One of the city council members who's just the worst. Uh, he said, "This is the first bridge built in the Instagram era." And by the way, it's a hideous bridge. It's awful. It's some stupid modern art guy. Don't get me started. Uh, people who listen to the Mike Slater show know uh, we we talk about uh, beauty all the time and how everything's ugly. And I'm not going to do it now. It's too much of a downer. But uh, it's pretty, it's hideous. It's it's got these like arches on the side of it, but they're not the same. They're they're not. Uh, uh, Symmetrical at all, so it looks. It's supposed to be like a like a ribbon, up you know, like a rhythmic gymnastics with the ribbon, you know, or like a stone skipping across the water, blah, 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 whatever. But this is supposed to be like the icon of Los. This is the symbol when when LA hosts the Olympics in uh, twenty twenty eight. This is This is like the icon. All the when when LA wins a, a championship team or something, they're gonna have the parade down here. This is like the big centerpiece now of the city of Los Angeles and it's, it's been destroyed, <laughs> and they can't keep it open. All right, so the city council member, as we've seen, people will do anything in the pursuit of going viral. It's been great to see people enjoying their bridge over the last week. I guess that's, that's one way to put it. I mean, like, some people probably just want to use it, like drive over it to get from point A to point B, but no, it's uh, from cool TikToks to stunning photos, this bridge is a lifeline, connecting Angelinos to opportunity, family, and the future, oh, it's beautiful. Drag racing and burnouts, connecting Angelinos to the future. Now, here's why I bring this up, I am not going to do the lame square, oh, you know, kids these days, you youth, Respect the bridge. Obey the rules. That's not my point. I am not a rule follower by nature. I say drag race all day long for all I care. There's uh, consequences. <laughs> of course, Like uh, one woman was driving home, and some car doing a drag race spun out, hit her, flung her into the passenger seat. Ooh. Imagine that pain. Uh, she said, if my car wasn't stopped, I would have flown over the bridge. I don't even know how I'm alive right now. Yeah, so that's that's one thing that's going to happen. But that, that's not my point. Uh, this person says, it kind of gives me Brooklyn Bridge vibes, this new 6th Street Viaduct in Los Angeles. gives me Brooklyn Bridge. No, it doesn't. It's got nothing in common with the Brooklyn Bridge. But why did she say that? Why did this person uh, want to you know, equate it with the Brooklyn Bridge? Because L.A. wants it to be grunge. That's the thing. It's like this, this hippy-dippy, new age, like, too-cool-for-school grunge vibe that L.A. wants to have. So they're like, oh, here's a new thing. Let's spray paint it. Here's a new thing. Let's destroy it. Here's the thing that's bright and shiny and white. Let's put skin marks all over it. Now, here's why I bring this up. Again, I'm not scolding anyone for doing it. I don't care. Your city's in the toilet already. It's a few more skin marks, right? Here's my point. Where was that revolutionary renegade spirit all through COVID? Where was it? Where was the revolutionary spirit when the government's telling you to put your mask on and shut down your business? and keep you from seeing your family, and keeping your kids out of school. <laughs> where, where was your same blank you attitude that you're showing to the bridge? So the city builds, LA builds this uh, the brand new bridge. Brand new, $600 million bridge. The first thing you do is ruin it. <laughs> first thing, day one, you ruin it, no one can use it. You've made the bridge ungovernable. Unworkable. It's an unworkable bridge. It doesn't even function anymore. You can't even drive over Now they're going to put speed bumps on it to stop the drag race. Like the bridge doesn't function. You've made it a non-functioning bridge, people of Los Angeles. Good for you. I approve. They build a brand new bridge. First thing you do is you stick your middle finger at the politicians who built it. You stick your middle finger at the architect, the artist who designed the blah, blah, blah. Great. Where was that middle finger when Gavin Newsom told you you can't go to a restaurant? While he goes to a restaurant. <laughs> where, where were you? What happened? I'm trying to think of an example more relevant to the people who are drag racing. I don't know. Where, where were you when your favorite dance club got shut down? I don't, I don't know. I think I'm dance club. Where were you when, you when your discotheque got shut? Where was that middle finger? Why didn't you drag race all over the COVID decrees? Why weren't you doing wheelies and spin outs all over the the mayor of LA telling you you can't leave your house? It doesn't make sense. Like, I'm pro you destroying the bridge. Burn it down. (laughs) I don't care. Great. Good for you. Grunge LA. Yeah. How artsy of you. Just be consistent. How can you be these these rebel renegades destroying the new bridge and then turn around and be like, oh, I need to put a mask on? Oh, okay, let me put my mask on now while I burn the bridge down. Hey, everyone at the drag race here, everyone. The health department, Barbara Ferrer just came. We need to put the masks on, okay? Safety first, everyone. Be kind. Let's be kind now. Before you ram into that woman and almost kill her, your masks are on. Safe, a tight fitting N95. Char- Sorry, Charlie, you got to go. That's a uh, that's a cloth mask. It's not safe enough. N95s, on. like what in the world? That makes. And I said the same thing about New Yorkers. It made no sense to me. New York, no sense. Supposedly the, the toughest people in America, right? You don't don't mess with New York. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're Bill De Blasio and he tells you you can't leave your house, <laughs> in which case all the New Yorkers are like, okay, we'll obey orders would it? When did New Yorkers castrate themselves? I don't like. If there was any city in the country that would not follow a single order from the health department, the hell, there's rats everywhere. In the Health department, and they're like, okay, oh, whatever you say, whatever you say, Fauci. What happened to New York? You, know, you go to New York. There's signs all over the place telling telling you that if you honk your horn. There's like this big five, like a $500 fine if you honk your horn, which means that prior to this, there were people constantly honking their horns. It's just like a normal, like, hey, get out of here, move it already, like that thing, right? What happened? Where's the don't mess with New York? Where's the vibe? Where's the, where's the, uh, Fauci comes in, says you can't leave your apartment, and everyone obeys orders? What in the world? I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I really mean, like, where are all the New Yorkers? Are there no more New Yorkers? Have they all aged out? You know what I mean? Like the stereotypical like, central casting New Yorker. They're all, they're all old. They're all aged out. they aged up. They're done. And whoever's replaced the true gritty New Yorker, they're all just the compliant sheep now. Like how sad. New York's become the weakest city in the country. I'm not like, what in the world? I really don't know. I really want to know what happened. And it's the same thing with LA. I don't get it. What, what's the difference? How can you be, be destroying the bridge and then obeying COVID protocol <laughs> so, What in the world? And I'm genuinely looking for an answer. Like, I, I want to get to the bottom of this. It doesn't make any sense to me. The text lines is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-5382, if you have an idea. I really want to get to the bottom of this. It doesn't make any sense. So people of L.A., spray paint, burnout, drag race, Fornicate, defecate, urinate, do whatever you want. Just be consistent. Take that same revolutionary spirit and apply it to COVID. Mike Slater filling in for Armstrong and Getty. Spread the word.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show
0: are not here today. Mike Slater in San Diego filling in for the great A&G. Grateful you're here. Thanks for sticking around. I will always share stories like this when they happen. It's uh, important to know these stories and to know that this heroism and sacrifice still exists because the only way that we can ever expect ourselves to do anything like this or anyone else is when we know it's been done, and we know that it can be done. And I'm grateful to be here on ANG today so I can share this story uh, to you. This happened in Indiana. There was a pizza delivery man driving down the street. Saw a house on fire. It was midnight. Ran out of his car, ran to the front yard, screamed up there to see if anyone could hear him, anyone was in the house. And four faces popped out of the upstairs window. Four kids were up there. Four kids and their 18-year-old sister So the man ran into the house and rescued them, ran back out the front door. But there was one more kid inside, a baby. There was a baby still inside the house. So he ran back in, grabbed the baby, but the smoke and fire was too much to go back out the front door, so he went upstairs, smashed the upstairs window, and with the baby in his arms, jumped down to the ground. That's when police and fire arrived, and we have body camera footage from a police officer with the man running to the police office, officer with blood streaming down his arm, carrying the baby. Passes the baby off and falls on the ground. He can barely breathe from the smoke inhalation. The officer's putting a tourniquet on him and says, this is going to hurt, all right? <laughs> and the guy says, go for it. But listen to this. Check this out, all right? So imagine, imagine you just did this, or he, right, whatever, and you're, you just rescue these kids, he's in pain, blood, all that, he can barely breathe, what's he thinking about? What's he thinking about? This is from the body camera footage.
2: Is the baby okay? Please tell me that baby's
0: okay. okay yeah, we're good. Yeah, she's okay. hundred percent? Yeah, you did good, dude. Okay? Mmm. Mmm. Is the baby okay? Please tell me. This is the pizza delivery man. It wasn't even the house he was delivering to. Is the baby okay? Doesn't even know the baby's name? Is the baby okay? But then that line at the end, the police officer standing on top of him saying, you did good, dude. You did good. Yeah, 100
4: you You did good, dude. Okay?
0: Mm, I'll never forget that. You did good, dude. I'll tell you, right behind well done, good and faithful servant is, you did good, dude. He's been released from the hospital and everyone's alive. On my local show in San Diego, uh, we don't have time nor is this the place to go all into it, but we've been talking, we talked the other day about uh, how we live in a very feminized culture and, you know, toxic masculinity and And we've been a couple generations, a couple decades now, of telling boys, uh, or, or you're not supposed to tell boys not to cry. This is actually one of Gavin Newsom's new thing. Gavin Newsom said on The View that one of the worst things we we've could ever, we've ever tell boys is man up. Don't tell boys to man up. Tell boys to get in touch with their feminine side. And I completely disagree with that. It is okay to tell boys to man up, to be a man. It is good to tell boys not to cry because you need to control your emotions. Now, age appropriate, moment appropriate. Yes, of course there's discretion here. But in general, this idea of cry it out, be a baby, be a little boy, don't be a man, don't man up, that is not good. And I think we see the, the consequences of that, right? We live in this, like every society for all time everywhere teaches boys teach boys not to cry. Every society everywhere teaches boys not to cry. But the enlightened feminist American society, we are the first to figure out that you should tell boys to cry? No, boys need to ta- be taught to control their emotions. Personal feelings need to be kept in check because one day you will be a man and men have to go fight battles or maybe rescue people from a burning house when you least expect it, when you're just going to deliver pizza or something important and your feelings as a man need to be kept aside in the moment. And I believe when we t- when we tell boys uh, to, to be in touch with their feminine side, of it, we're robbing from them the the muscles necessary, the skills necessary to control their emotions. We tell boys to cry and two things happen. Either they grow up and become wimps because they never know how to control their emotions or they don't know how to control their emotions and those emotions aren't good. They're angry and and jealousy and envy and all these other things that manifest in bad things. So the, the, the real thing we need to do, the third way, if you will, is to teach boys to be in touch with their emotions Right, you need to be like a like a poet. You need to be deep and in touch with what's going on in, in, internally, and then control those emotions. Be in touch with them, and then control them. But I think of you know this man saw this fire, and what if he just broke down crying? <laughs> it's like no, man up, man up, run inside that house, rescue those kids. Oh, I got to go back in. Man up, run back in, grab the kid. Can't go out the front door. What'd do I do? I don't know. Let's jump out the window. Man up. How's the baby? Tell me he's okay. He did good, dude. I'll give you another one real quick. Lake Huron, Michigan. This is just the other day. 62-year-old man in a boat with his 32-year-old son and then nine and three-year-old grandson. Boat went by. Uh, gave some wake knocked the three-year-old into the water. He was wearing a life jacket. He goes overboard. Dad and grandpa both jump in, and the nine-year-old calls 911. A boat comes around, pulls the three-year-old out of the water, then swings around. And they tried CPR, but he was pronounced dead. So this grandpa died trying to save the life of his three-year-old grandson. Tell me a better way to go than that tell me a better way how'd you die He's trying to rescue my grandson that's uh, that's hey how'd your grandpa die oh he jumped into a lake to try to rescue me and drowned wow what a man what a man what a hero he was didn't even hesitate he manned up jumped right in as if the whole purpose of his life was to rescue you it's awesome oh but Slater he didn't he, he didn't he didn't really even rescue him Pff, irrelevant doesn't matter died trying there's nothing better than that I'm telling you, if I die in some rescue attempt, trying to save the life of my child, do not mourn for a second. Celebrate the heck out of that. Mike Slater in San Diego, filling in for the great.
4: There are choices that can change your life.
5: Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45.
4: It's one of the most common cancers for women and men, and it doesn't always have symptoms.
5: But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it.
4: And there's even better news. You have screening options.
5: Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options or visit cdc.gov slash for life for more information.